I hadn't already been convinced that God was going to do something through this healing season of the podcast, this episode would have put me over the line to know that God is up to something. You know, normally if somebody was doing a season of a podcast about healing, they might be really drawn towards the amazing, miraculous stories of healing. And those stories are great. Don't get me wrong. But they're not the ones that I've been most excited about. The stories that I've really hoped would end up on this season are the ones where maybe healing didn't happen. Maybe somebody prayed and it was like God didn't show up. Because I feel like that's where many of us often sit. There are many of us that are navigating suffering of some sort, whether physical, mental, or emotional, that have prayed and prayed and prayed. And it seems like God hasn't done anything. And I've really wanted to find a way to tap into that space because it's in that space that I really believe we can see God. And then Darcy messaged me. Who's Darcy, you might say? Well, a week ago, I wouldn't have known. I don't know Darcy. I'm part of this podcasting resource called Podmatch, which seeks to connect hosts with guests and guests to hosts. And for whatever reason, it just hadn't been working for me. I hadn't gotten any good matches. And I honestly was about to write it off. Well, as I've been processing the sense that God wanted to do a season on healing, I felt like I needed to go back to my Podmatch account. I hadn't checked it in a while. And I opened it, and there were two messages. Now, I've gotten a couple messages before, but they're always the copy and paste. Hey, I'm promoting myself. Let me on your podcast. These were the first two actual messages from real people. (laughs) And I was amazed because of how well both of them fit for this season. The first one you're going to hear is Darcy. And Darcy's story, I already knew it was going to be powerful. I didn't know just how powerful because I was going to wait until the episode to hear the full story. Listen, if you are in a place of suffering of any sort, I really believe you're going to be encouraged by Darcy in this episode. Even more, she's written a book that you'll hear about that you might want to check out. Through her experience, Darcy has learned what she has called the upside of suffering. This isn't some silver lining kind of a thing. Like This is something authentic that you're going to hear about. And I really believe God might have something for you today in your own personal experiences. You're listening to episode 63 of the Where Did You See God podcast. Father God, I just want to thank you that you are God and you are good. And I thank you for the way that you brought about this episode, um, this conversation with Darcy. It really was something that I feel like you brought about. And and that makes me feel like there's something you want to say. And so right now, I just invite you to speak, that you would guide our thoughts, that you would guide our words. If there's anywhere you want us to, to land, that you would take us there. If there's anything you want us to not sit on, that you would pull us away. Because we just want this time to be about you. Um, and the story that you've been writing, not just for Darcy, but for your glory. So we give this time to you and we thank you in advance for how you're going to work. All your prayer in his holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Today I'm talking with Darcy. And what gets me excited about this conversation is I don't know Darcy. But Darcy and I connected through a podcasting resource called Podmatch. And the interesting thing is I had actually 
not had much luck matching on that. And I was about to write it off. There was one day that I randomly thought, hey, I should open that back up. And lo and behold, there is a message from Darcy in there. And I had never really gotten any like authentic messages from people, but I got it as I was uh, starting to explore how God might be inviting this podcast season to be about healing. And, and Darcy, you had uh, shared some things that I was like, well, this is very timely. <laughs> so, just to kick it off, you know, somebody wrote the autobiography of your life and somebody flipped to the back cover. What would the back cover say about you? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it would say she has suffered long, but she has found God in suffering. I think it's pretty simple, you know. It's a long story, but I think it summarizes pretty simply. Well, what's interesting, you know, I've used that prompt before, but what's interesting for you is you've actually written a book and tap into that suffering. So yeah, tell me, tell me a little bit about the book and use that to segue into your story. So I just released a book called Beauty Beyond the Thorns, Discovering Gifts and Suffering. And it's a book that weaves stories, biblical stories of healing with current day stories of people who are suffering. So the idea is to bring the Bible more relevant to today's sufferers um, and explain some of the biblical stories and parallel them with people who are suffering today. I share a lot of my own sufferings because I'm currently disabled. I have been for three years. And so I talk about that, but I was also disabled 20 years ago. Mm. And I share about that. Ironically, Paul, I was healed. I was healed from that first disability pretty miraculously. But God has allowed me into this space again, you know, living my worst nightmare twice. Mm-hmm. It's not something you wish for. But, you know, it's been a beautiful thing. And God never wastes pain. And I have been in severe chronic pain because I have CRPS. And what that is, is it's called complex regional pain syndrome, a CRPS for short. It's a chronic severe nerve pain disorder that can affect your limbs. And um, I have, I have it in my feet, which is where I had it 20 years ago. Mm. And so it's severe chronic daily pain that keeps me from walking. And when you have that pain, the only person that's really there for you is God. God is the only person that can meet me in this pain. So I wrote a book about it because I feel like there's a lot of people who suffer and not just physical suffering. I mean, we all go through seasons of suffering. It's common to everyone. So the book isn't just for chronic pain sufferers. It's for anybody who's going through a season of suffering that needs hope. The message is hope. And I use humor because, you know, I mean, a suffering book can be pretty, (laughs) pretty downcast, but you know, I try to make it lighthearted and relatable. You know, it's interesting. You talk about God intervening, you know, and giving you 
ideas for things. So I was almost done. I, I didn't want to put myself in the book. It didn't start out with me in the book. And here I am in the first chapter, right? And, and throughout, but that wasn't my plan. But I had my husband write a chapter, uh, which is pretty cool because it's about caregiving. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because caregivers suffer. Mm -hmm. And how many of us realize that, you know, we don't realize that people who take care of us, they have their own kind of suffering. And uh, so he wrote about it. And uh, I just, I love that. That's really good. Yeah. You're yeah. That's, that's such an important thing to hit on. Well, it's interesting, you know, you shared that you found yourself in this unique space with the disability twice, but now you've experienced it where you experienced a miraculous healing mm -hmm. and you are now in a space where it's still ongoing with no clear end in sight. How have you processed that tension where like somebody could look at that situation and say, well, wait a minute, if God healed you before, why didn't he heal you now? Or, well, was it really God then before? Maybe it was just coincidence or how have you navigated that tension of having those very different experiences? Wow. You know, I never expected that I'd go through it twice. I figured after the first time, you know, was like, okay, I've had enough suffering. He won't allow me to go through something like that again, but I'm thankful he has. And I can't, I couldn't have said that three years ago when this began. Mm -hmm. In fact, I stopped praying because I felt like, why, you know, how could you let this happen again? And it happened at my daughter's wedding. I, I was a rough cleaning. Time. <laughs> I know, I know. It was just like, you know, I'm an empty nester now. I'm starting a new career. I was going to start a new business. And a chair falls in me at my daughter's wedding and injures my foot and reinitiates that CRPS problem. And so I, I just languished, you know, at first I thought it would be maybe six weeks healing, you know, my ankle. And here it is three plus years later. So initially I was just, I, I, I just don't get this. Like, why? You know, did I not learn? And I felt like I learned so much the first time. And my whole idea of life was just enriched. I was so grateful. Every time I got in the car to run an errand, I was like, thank you, God, that I could get in the car. So I felt like my response was, you know, spiritual and grateful and I never forgot that God healed me. And I would walk for 45 minutes every day, going on a prayer walk and just walking. Mm. And I would thank God that I was able to walk. That was my favorite thing to do. And now I can't. So I had to find him in a different place. Mm. And that place was in silence. It was going really, really, really deep, deep inside where. You know, instead of walking and looking at nature, I was finding him in pain. It's very different. Mm -hmm. It's very different. And he is there. You know, it's like I was wondering, you know, how could you, God, who is light, 
how could you be in darkness? Because you're light, right? But then it hit me. It just, God brought it to me. He is light, but he is in the darkness too, because the cross was darkness. But then it became light, right? So light and darkness meet at the cross. And to me, that changed my opinion of what was going on. And in my Bible studies, I mean, he created space for me to spend time with him. This was space to learn about him. I started reading Matthew. I thought, okay, let's start over. Mm -hmm. Let's just start over. And I prayed, I'm like, God, please show me who you are differently than you've ever shown me before. And I'm not going to read a commentary. I just want you to show me. Um, Matthew's my favorite book, by the way. It's my favorite book in the Bible now because there is so much in it. I think he showed me that he is in the Sermon on the Mount. And I have another book that I'm writing about the Lord's Prayer and the Sermon on the Mount from what I learned during that time. But it was the space that he created. And, you know, not only could I not walk, but I injured my hands because I was trying to transfer my body with my hands from the wheelchair to the bed to the chair, you know. And so my hands developed the CRPS. Wow. So I was hospitalized uh, for one day. They didn't know what to do with me. Mm -hmm. So they kicked me out after a day. In fact, they weren't even going to let me stay one night. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I can't move. I'm in severe chronic pain. Where am I supposed to go? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, is Mark just supposed to lift me? I mean, I'm, I'm a grown woman, (laughs) you know, It was just, I felt very hopeless, but I sat by my bedroom window for two months and I couldn't dry my own tears. I, I sat there and I walked, watched people walk behind our home. And I thought, do these people even know to be grateful for the ability to walk? Mm -hmm. And I started praying for them and I started praying for the brokenness within each house you know I don't know what it is obviously but there's brokenness in every home and so all I could do was pray literally that's all I could do I mean I couldn't feed myself I couldn't uh, dry my tears I couldn't go to the bathroom by myself like I could do nothing but I could pray so I prayed and there was one day this was really amazing. Well, um, I was laying in the recliner and my husband is just amazing. And he sat beside me for those two months and hardly worked. And he's like, you come first, you know, you come before my job. Mm-hmm. And thankfully he has his own business, but it did affect our finances and his business. But There was one evening I was trying not to bother him and just deal with it myself and with God. And so I'm laying back in the recliner and I'm in severe pain, my hands and my feet. And Jesus cried out, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
and I'm praying. And the response was me saying biblical verses that I memorized. And I didn't realize how many I had memorized. In fact, there were verses that I had forgotten that God just brought back to my mind. So I was praying. And then I was saying these biblical verses like it was a response from God, from his word. And then I would pray and then he would respond. And it was the most amazing thing I've ever experienced. It was like, okay, we can do this. We can do this. He's spoken to me in different ways. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all that because it's incredibly powerful, but it's also, and there's just so much, there's so much in there that like, I hope people hear. And one thing that really stands out to me is when you reached out to me, you, you mentioned that one of the ways that you word this is uh, the upside of suffering. And, and I got the sense when you said that, that it's not how some people might say it, where it's like silver lining, you know, well, at least, you know, you could do this, even if you can't like they, they try to downplay the bad and say, just look at the good stuff. I got the impression that when you say the upside of suffering, you're not ignoring or downplaying the suffering, but recognizing the reality of how you're experiencing God, not just in the midst of, but in, in a way because of that. And I think that's what's so powerful about the story you just shared is, I mean, I wrote it down. You said that this experience of basically the back and forth with you and God, you said it's, it was one of the most amazing things you had ever experienced. The most amazing thing you had experienced happened only because of what you would have probably qualified as one of the worst things you had ever experienced. Something that you had wished God would have healed, you know, when it first happened. Yes, it happened simultaneously. The most, one of the most beautiful things that's ever happened to me happened on a night that was a terror of a night, like so painful. But, you know, you look at in the Bible and you find stories of, for instance, Paul. Okay, Paul had a thorn in his flesh. And my book is called Beauty Beyond the Thorns, right? And the beauty beyond Paul's thorn So God used him to write more books in the Bible than anyone. And he had a thorn in his flesh. Like he was hurting in some way. We don't know how, Mm -hmm. but yet God used him to write more books in the Bible than anyone. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah. That's an upside of suffering that God used him because of that. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, And so my book outlines, so there's 30 gifts in my book. It's called Gifts of Suffering. And the gifts are, here's one gift. So one of them is the gift of perseverance. Because when we are suffering and we feel like we can't go on, where does that perseverance come from? Mm -hmm. It comes from God. Like we reach the end of ourselves. And we can't go on, but somehow we do. So how do we? Through God. Hmm. It's a gift God gives us to keep continuing to persevere. Who gives us courage? Courage is another one. Another one is the gift of a shepherd. Hmm. You know, we are his sheep and he is our father and he adores us. You know, the gift of adoration. 
you know, and for me, I've had a hard time understanding that God adores me. Isn't it ironic that I'm understanding it in the midst of suffering more than ever? Mm. There's just so many paradoxical concepts in the Bible. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We live in a world that seeks and strives for perfection, or to be the, the top leader, to be the CEO, to make more money. And yet the Bible talks about the upside down way of life. You know, that Jesus was a king, but he was homeless. You know, he didn't live in a mansion, you know. Um, and so I think what helps keep us grounded is our sufferings. I think without suffering, we'd be so full of ourselves that, <laughs> you know, suffering keeps us grounded and God speaks to us through suffering. And he uses it for our benefit. And yes, we can become bitter and not glean the benefits. But if we listen to him and follow him and read his word and accept the space like you did, you took that space, you know, for a month after you lost your job, you know, God, what direction do I go? You took the space and we can take it. I wasn't taking it, mm -hmm. but he gave it to me. Mm -hmm. So we can choose to take it or he might create it in us. But if he creates it in us, I think it's time to listen because he has something beautiful planned for us. Yeah. And what's amazing about all of this is like what we're really talking about here is confronting our misunderstanding of suffering, right? Like, and even our mm -hmm. misunderstanding of healing, you know, in our minds, healing is that there is some physical issue that then God makes not an issue anymore. And our desire in life is to not have any issues, to not have any pain, to not have any hurt. You know, when you were talking about your book, you uh, made a point to clarify that suffering isn't just physical. And so like, maybe we can get to the point of saying, okay, so there's physical suffering, but also like, uh, sometimes we could be working through things on a mental level an emotional level. And, you know, there's, there's healing opportunities there, but what you're really tapping into is that the healing that God wants for us is that there is this, this death in our body and he wants us to have full life. And while he does long for us to experience wholeness and peace, whereas we feel like we can only have that if we're not experiencing physical and emotional pain, he's like, no, 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 no. That is small and insignificant compared to the spiritual thing that I'm inviting you to. And when you talked about suffering and it grounds us, you know, I think another thing that suffering does is it actually saves us from ourselves because, mm -hmm. you know, you, you just described a, a God who has this upside down kingdom an upside down way of doing things. The wisdom of God is foolishness to man. And that is actual reality. Meanwhile, we have this competing reality in our minds of how we believe the world works and how it looks like it works. And we want to believe that in and of ourselves, we will choose what is right and what is best and what is true. But our lives show that that's not the case, that 
left to our own devices, we will go towards protecting ourselves or becoming the best or being perfect or staying uh, comfortable. Like that will be our default draw, self-preservation. And so it's almost like suffering saves us from ourselves because it's like what you described. You were literally in a position where you couldn't do anything but pray. Now, if you hadn't experienced that, if you were completely healed, you could ask yourself on that day, would you have prayed the same way as you did sitting by that window? You're shaking your head. Probably not. No. Right. Like we in and of ourselves won't seek God the way that we believe that we would. And God in his graciousness sometimes creates the circumstances, the environments where we can actually be able to do that, or at least be willing to be in that space. And that's just, it's such a beautiful thing when we're able to shift, when we're able to accept that maybe our definitions and our understandings aren't actually right, but that God is loving enough that he's willing to teach us the right definitions. Right, right. And going forward is different than what we imagine it to be. For instance, some of the sufferings could be, okay, you just went through a divorce or your husband or wife just cheated on you or you lost your job or you have financial problems. I mean, there's, there's numerous kinds of sufferings, right? And going forward might be on a dirt road instead of a paved highway. And we have the washboard that we have to go over and the bumps. But who's to say that that's not better than a paved highway? Mm. It's a perspective, you know, and our perspective can only change, I think, if we're in his word, you know, and we see his way because we none of us can see the spiritual realm, right? But there's a spiritual battle going on for our souls. And there's Satan and his minion demons, right, who are out to get us. And there's God and his angels and the Holy Spirit who are fighting this tug of war. And they're fighting for us. God is fighting for us and Satan's fighting for us. So we have to remember there's a spiritual realm out there that that this battle is one that God wants us to win. And sometimes winning is letting him pull the rope for us. You know, like, trust me, hold on to me, just face me. We want to face outward so we can see, so we can direct. Mm -hmm. But if we turn and we face him and hold on to him, it's better because he sees what needs to be seen. We can't see what needs to be seen. He knows and we don't. So I have this visual in my mind where, okay, Darcy, you need to just turn around, face God, hold on to him and hold on for the ride and see what he shows you. And I'm, I'm not depressed. I haven't walked for three years. I'm excited for things that he shows me. And yes, I have hard days and pain is grueling. It's grueling and I can hide it pretty well. You know, I think most of us can hide our suffering pretty well, no matter what our suffering is. But what God is doing is he, he wants us to be saved. He wants our soul to be saved. And we don't know how to do it. I mean, I don't know how to do it. 
but he does. And if it involves suffering, then we need to trust that he's doing what's best for us. He's not doing it. He's allowing it. Timothy Keller has this podcast that I listen to. No, it's a sermon that I listen to. And he talked about this um, idea of Job when Job was suffering. You know, Job conversed with God, but God never told him why he was suffering. Mm -hmm. Right? They talked, but Job's story would not be Job's story had he known the why. Same with us. You know, God didn't tell Job the why, even though they physically talked to each other. Um, Timothy Keller says, God gave Satan only enough rope as to hang himself. Mm-hmm. How powerful to think that, yes, Satan is out there, but God is working. And yes, he allows things that hurt us, but not to the point of where our souls aren't going to be safe. You know, he wants us. He wants us and he loves us through pain mm-hmm. and pain doesn't mean he doesn't love us. It's quite the opposite, right? Like his main goal in all of this, it's what you said before around, he, he has the rope and he's saying, just turn and look at me. Like that's, that's the whole thing. And this is what's so wild around how we think life works. You know, you experienced this disability 20 years ago and you were miraculously healed and that brought you closer to God. Like it, it allowed you to turn your eyes towards God. And you talked about how you would take walks and pray and you were just grateful every time you got in the car. And like the way our minds work is like, we would think that that's it. All right, we're good. Done. Now (laughs) God is growing us more and more into something more than we are now into abundantly more into to what he's actually created us to be and so that growth and that journey necessitates that it's not just a one-off thing and this experience three years ago became what was necessary to create that context to turn and look to god and it's not like you had there's nothing in your story to indicate that you had walked away from god or turned away from it's not like you had gone down a bad road and so god was using this to bring you back like sometimes we are still genuinely trying to seek god but god's like now i'm gonna i'm gonna take you deeper i'm gonna yes. i'm gonna show you more of me that you couldn't have handled before it's like in scripture where it says everyone had to turn their eyes they couldn't look directly at god or like moses when he was on the mountain couldn't look directly at god it was just too much like god is too much for us and so like he gives us a little bit and then we get used to things like all right i'm gonna give you a little bit more it's gonna be hard to handle but Here's a little more because I want you to see as much as me as possible. And that's why scripture is so clear. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's not seek a good life, seek healing, seek comfort. It's not any of those things, even though sometimes those things are good things. It's that the way that the world actually works, the way that reality actually is, is that the only way you can experience full life is by first seeking God, by looking at him and then everything else follow suit from that you start at any other starting point you're probably going to lose all of it but you start with god and he brings about all the rest yeah yeah it's it's so unpredictable you know he's unpredictable but that's why we trust you know we trust because he knows what he's doing we only see our puzzle piece our tiny puzzle piece but he sees the whole thing and 
it's interesting that a dream came true for me in this suffering. I had always wanted to write a book. Mm. My whole life, I wanted to write a book. And for the first two years, I was in too much pain to even sit. I had just constantly had to move because I could not find a position to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. I had so much pain during the first couple of years that I had to float in the bathtub every night. And I would be in there for hours, you know, and Mark would just keep bringing in more hot water. He heated up on the stove and bring in more hot water. And there, too, I could pray. You know, it just, God kept bringing me back to prayer. It's interesting because we had started a new small group, and this small group didn't know anything about my suffering. You know, they obviously knew I was disabled because I was in a wheelchair, but we hadn't had any conversations about what was going on. And so they invited me to come to this Bible study meeting with, with just the women. And I couldn't make it because I was floating in the bathtub, you know, and uh, so they invited me by Zoom, but I still declined. So they called me and Kathy, my friend said, are you still in the bathtub? I said, yeah, I I really don't know. I literally didn't know where I could go next. I had torn rotator cuffs because of trying to walk with crutches. I had bicep tendonitis in both my arms. So my arms were hurting the nerve pain in my hands, in my feet, in my sides. I literally had no place to go. So they prayed. They prayed for me, four of them. They brought me to God with a prayer. And they brought me just like the men who brought the, the man to Jesus and took him through the roof, you know. They brought him with a prayer you know, please heal our friend. And these four women did the same for me. And I got this down blanket on Amazon. There's a long story about it, but it enabled me to sit. I'm sitting on it right now uh, because it cushions me better than anything else. And um, it enabled me to write this book. Yeah. And so their prayer didn't heal me. You know, God didn't heal me, but he kind of did. I mean, he enabled me to sit. And so I was blogging, you know, and then a book just happened, mm-hmm. you know. And every time I sat down to write, I would pray, God, what do you want me to write? I don't know what to write. I'm just so beyond myself, but you know what you want to say. So I'm here. I'm a vessel. I'm willing. And I never had writer's block. Never had writer's block. It just flowed. And so, yeah, I mean, a dream came true mm-hmm. for me. But I feel like God's been writing this book for 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, since my first bout with suffering, I feel like it's the stories of my life are in there. and. Hopefully it brings hope. That's my goal, you know, and that's what I prayed for. And I think that's what God's been communicating is let's bring some hope to people. Mm -hmm. 
that this isn't all bad. We got to see the good in this. There is good in suffering. It's formative. Yeah. And there's also this invitation to, to be able to develop bigger, a bigger perspective, bigger Mm -hmm. understanding that in our minds, again, the, the best case scenario would be something happens to us. We ask God for healing and then he heals us of that thing. And it's almost like God is saying to us, yes, I can do that. And yes, that seems like it would be good. But what if I wanted to offer you something abundantly more than that? Something, mm. something oh my gosh. better than that, right? And it'd be really nice if God did just straight up say that. It would make it a whole lot easier. There are reasons that he doesn't, I'm sure. But it's essentially like he's saying that to us. And if he did say that to us, what would we say back? Would we say, oh, no, 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 no. I just want the healing because I don't want to hurt anymore. Or would we say, I, I trust you and I love you. So if you say that, then you must know something I don't. So, all right, I'm willing to endure this, right? Like we are willing to endure things when we know that it is working towards something or that it is for something greater. And what is greater than God? And so if we can give our suffering <laughs> as an act of love towards God, it's just amazing what, what he can do for that. But then God wants to invite us to something even bigger. And as you were talking, what it was going through my mind is God could have just, God did heal you one time yes, and he could have just done the same thing again. And part of the reason he didn't, as you just described, is there is this formative piece, both just you as a person, but spiritually, like who you are now is, is in large part due to that space. But what really stood out to me is someone could look at that and say, well, Darcy prayed for healing and it didn't happen. But what if God said, yes, she did pray for healing. Yes. But there is also a whole lot of other people who have been praying for healing, who have been praying to feel seen and to feel heard. And I need her. I want to invite her to remain in that space because she is going to write a book that's going to answer the prayers of other people, the other prayers for healing, right? So like, what if part of the reason your prayer for healing wasn't answered is because God is going to use your experience to bring healing to others. And that's the bigger picture thing, right? Like when we are willing to not just love God, but to love others, then God could invite us to spaces that are going to feel really unjust to us, but that could actually do abundantly more than we could have ever done on our own or that we would have even want to do on our own. And so I want to just kind of speak into some encouragement into you that, you know, I've only known you for 47 minutes and (laughs) I haven't read your book, but just from hearing what you've shared and hearing your heart and just hearing just the spiritual truths that God has placed in you that are coming out of you. I really do believe that hypothetical I gave is true. I believe that what you have experienced, God is going to use to do amazing things. Some of which you may never hear about. You may never know about. You may put this book out and for the next couple of decades, not even know if any books were sold, if anybody's even reading it, right? But I want to encourage you that that doesn't matter because I do believe that God is going to use it, whether you find out or not. One of the reasons I believe that is God sometimes drops these little nuggets of affirmation, these little things to be like, hey, just want you to know I actually am here. And I'm not making this up. This is hilarious to me. When you were talking about perseverance being one of the gifts, it triggered something in my mind. And I had this thought, wait a minute, I 
I feel like I need to look at the verse of the day that's on my phone. So on my phone, at the very top, there's a verse of the day that every day renews. And this is the verse for today. Romans 5, 3 through 4. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. Like that's of all verses in the Bible (laughs) to show up on my phone today that I didn't even realize was really there until we were in the midst of our conversation. Like that's a, that's a pretty spot on verse. Yeah. In the context of this conversation, it, it gives it some depth because somebody could read that verse outside of experiencing suffering and say, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that's good. That sounds good. And then they experience suffering. It's like, can't there be another way? Right. <laughs> if God wants to produce hope, couldn't he just produce hope in any other way? But I think what we're finding here is that God doesn't want to just produce a human characteristic of hope within us. He wants to produce something within us that we could never have created on our own, could never have recognized on our own, could never have formulated. Like he wanted to create something that had to come through ways outside us through spiritual means. And one of the most important reasons that I believe suffering exists is it it matches with what Jesus said, that if you want to follow me, you have to die to all else. You have to die to self. Mm-hmm. Suffering is sometimes the only way we will die to certain things. Right. There are things that we will hold on to, to our dying breath, unless we are forced to have to release it. Mm-hmm. And, and it is in that, that suddenly, as we've died to these things, now we're not holding on to them anymore. And it's like what you shared earlier, you had nothing else but God. <laughs> like there was nothing yes. else you could do. Like that was the beauty of like the release of all the other things you could have chosen, including good things now allowed you to be open-handed to the one thing that could actually bring life. Yeah. But it just cracked me up that that was the verse. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. I love it. It's just, those are fun moments. I, that's, that's when you know, God isn't just some boring bearded guy up in the sky. Like God's funny sometimes. <laughs> like, oh. He dropped that down as a verse of the day. Well, you know, I really feel like you and I could keep on talking about this because there's so much richness. The good news is, and especially for anyone that's listening, is if they want to hear more, they can read your book. What's the title of it again? It's Beauty Beyond the Thorns. And then the subtitle is Discovering Gifts in Suffering. So anyone listening, I encourage you to check out the book, especially if you've been encouraged. If you haven't been encouraged, check out the book because the encouragement might be waiting for you in there. (laughs) Um, You know, before we go, you know, is there anything else on your heart or mind, anything else that you want to say to someone who might be suffering now that might be in a similar situation? Yes, thank you. At the beginning, you know, when you first begin suffering and you're taken down a different road than you had planned, don't give up. God is there and he is taking you somewhere. You're not directionless. He's taking you to a beautiful place and he's taking you down a dirt road instead of a a paved highway. But after suffering, God always does something beautiful. There are so many stories in the Bible of suffering. I mean, the Bible is filled with stories of suffering. But what happens at the end of suffering, something beautiful. And it's usually in hindsight. So in hindsight, we can see the beauty beyond the thorns. And who is the beauty beyond the thorns? What is the beauty beyond the thorns? It's Jesus. 
Mm. Jesus is the beauty within any thorn. Whatever you're going through, cling to him because he knows what he's doing. He has beauty for you waiting. So there's hope in him. Never give up. You will walk, you will run, dance through the streets, shouting praise to the one. You're healed, you're clean. Go out, tell the people what you've seen. Revived in him, new life in him. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. It is not a coincidence that that verse was the verse on my phone and I did not really see it until I was in the midst of an episode on suffering. So I hope all of us are taking a moment of pause here because those little coincidences are sometimes God's big way of saying, hey, I want you to stop and see something. God wants us to stop and see something. And what I believe that may be for some of us is at some point, We've got to be willing to get humble enough to say that we might not actually understand things as well as we think we do. We might not actually understand healing and suffering and God's will for us as much as we think we do. And then we got to be willing to say to God, all right, God, I don't get it. Can you help me to understand? Can you give me wisdom? Darcy's story is so powerful because she knew what it was to be miraculously healed. And then she knew what it was to be in a a very similar situation and that healing not happen. And you know what that means? That means healing wasn't the best case scenario. Our humanity would have said it would be. That that second time that she found herself navigating that disability, that healing would have been the best case scenario. And God said, yeah, that, That would be good in some ways, but I want to do abundantly more than you can ask or imagine, far abundantly more. Healing the disability would be small compared to what I want to do, what I want to invite you to, and what I want to do that's not just about you, but about abundantly more than you. I want to use your situation. I want to invite you to participate in something that is about people that you may never meet. If God is God and God is good, and if God loves you, then that means that if you are seeking him, your present circumstance can be one in which he could give that same invitation to you. And whereas your humanity might be crying out for God to fix the situation, to take away the pain, God might be saying to you right now, yes, I can see why you think that would be good, but I want to offer you far abundantly more. Are you willing to accept my invitation? Suffering hurts. Suffering sometimes does not feel like it goes away. Just last night, I found myself feeling the pain of suffering that I had incurred years before. 
little triggers, little words, seeing a specific person can bring up the pain that we thought should have been gone. So don't think that I'm saying that we should be dismissive of suffering or pretend like it's not there. The pain of suffering is very real, but the grace, hope, and love of God is even more real. And it's going to far outlast any pain that we experience. The invitations of God are far greater than our best ideas. If you're listening to this, you're probably working through something. And if you're working through something, I want you to know that God loves you deeply and he sees you fully, more fully than you see yourself. And if he hasn't answered your prayers in the way that you feel like he should have, that doesn't mean he isn't hearing you and it doesn't mean he isn't answering you. It may mean that he's giving you an invitation to something greater. You don't have to be strong enough or smart enough to accept that invitation. You just have to be willing enough. And you can be honest with God about that. You can say, God, I have a feeling you're inviting me to something that is going to be too hard for me. So I'm willing to go, but I'm going to need you to take me there. And God will say, all right, saddle up, let's go. Because he loves you. But he also loves all of his creation. And he is doing something abundantly more. And despite our flaws, he is inviting us into that amazing, beautiful work. So whatever you're going through today, consider the possibility that there may be an invitation waiting for you. Open that invitation and ask yourself, where did you see God? Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Where Did You See God podcast. And I would love for your stories to be a part of it as well. So there are a number of ways that you can do that. You can check out our Facebook page at Where Did You See God podcast. You can go to anchor.fm slash Where Did You See God, where you can leave a brief voice message at 804-372-3836. I would love to hear your stories. And if the stories you've heard have encouraged you, Uh, think of someone else who could be encouraged as well and share it with them. The music you've been listening to is You'll Walk, You'll Run by Urban Doxology. They are a solid group and you will love listening to the rest of the music. So check them out. And as always, as you go through your day, ask yourself, where did you see God?